This is our anniversary service, and one year ago today, we were like super, super stressed, getting up early, getting over there, and it rained torrentially, and it was just this great, great struggle, and this great, uh, 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 just trying to get everything in where we had all the sound worked out, it didn't work right, and we had all of these just different, just intense moments, and we finally got to worship, and we had this great moment of worship, and wanted it not to end... And we just had a great, great service. Did you know that church planting statistics say that most churches fail, new churches fail within their first year? So we have already beat the statistics. So I'm pretty happy about that. What's that you do? (laughs) I'm sorry. I couldn't help. So anyway. That's not going to be the worst mistake I make today. Abby will be sure to point that out in a moment. But um, anyway, but one of the other statistics that are in church planting that we have come to find out is that there's change. And the only thing constant in the world is change. And one of the things that changes is they say statistically, the people who help you start the church, many of them after the first year, will leave and go somewhere else. And not to be offended, not to be moved by that. It's just what happens. And, you know, it's, it's turning to be true in our lives as well. Last week we talked about Story and Josue, and Story's got a position to be the worship pastor at another church. And so she's moving on. We're like, okay, we can take this in stride. And then as the time has gone on, um, Andrew and I are already talking, and, and it just turned into that this was the time for him as well. To transition. And so it really comes down for me into that same position of that God is doing a new thing in a new season. And every time there's a landmark of a season, that there are things that change. So Andrew's last service is also today with us. So we'll miss him and completely love him, obviously. But as I told him in the first service, I know where you live and I will be seeing you. So it's not like he's leaving, leaving us. Um, But he also has to be able to follow God in the way that he feels God is leading him. And I have to recognize that. And my personal thing would be for Andrew to be in one pocket, Lenore to be in the other pocket, and Joy and Jen and Alec to all be in pockets, and then we're all together all day long, every minute of every day. But that's not practical. That's not, that's just not normal. We'd fit Abby in there somewhere. Like, you can't be in the same pocket as Andrew right now. But um, anyway, that cracks me up. Um, but this is just the reality of what happens. And for Andrew to fulfill the fullness of what God has for him, he has to be released to leave the nest. The truth of the matter is, for us to be released into everything God has for us, we have to allow Andrew to leave the nest, because God will not bring what is the next stage for us as long as Andrew's here. And if we were to try and hold on to him, if I'm like to grab a hold of his feet and put a guilt trip on him and say, you can't leave me and I need you, and I'm really tempted to do that. But if I were to do that, then I would be holding him back, but I'd also be holding back the plan of God for us. So Andrew, I love you like a son. That's something he used to always tell me. He loves me like a dad, so just had to throw that in there. Um, truly, I do love you, and I thank you for everything you've done, and will continue to do. And 
you can never leave, truly, because you'll always be in my heart. Anyway, so I'm sorry. I'm trying to use humor so I don't get all mushy, and hopefully that will work. So as you guys know, we are planted out of Church on the Rock Palmetto, and our senior pastor who commissioned us, and there's the little plaque in one of the offices where all the people signed it, is Pastor Tad Matthews, and he has a video to tell us his greetings and his wishes for today, and they're going to play that now. Hello, this is Tad Matthews. I'm pastor of Church on the Rock in Palmetto, Florida. And I am so excited to be able to say happy birthday to you, Church on the Rock, Dallas. So excited about you celebrating your first year of existence. I know that God's done tremendous things, and of course I believe that the best is yet to come. Every church has to establish vision and has to establish values. And one of the most important things in church life is our culture. And so I just want to congratulate you for embarking on an adventure that not only God is blessing, but I believe that God has big plans for each and every one of you. I also believe that God has a prevailing plan, a plan that he wants to make sure that succeeds and prospers. And I'm so happy that you're following the leadership of Pastor Kevin and Lenore Behrens. I love them very much. They have our complete blessings. Our church family not only congratulates you today, but we also continue to pray for you because I believe that you're making a difference right there in your own community. And I think that there are so many more things that God is going to accomplish in and through you. I also believe that when we have a plan and a purpose, that God provides the resources. And so I continue to pray that you have your borders enlarged, that you see God's manifold blessings in your lives individually. And of course, I want to see your church family continue to grow. And so I just want to encourage you to love God and to love people, to stay humble, and just have a belief and a faith in the vision that is being laid out in front of you. God loves people who persist, who are consistent. And so I just think that good things are in store for each and every one of you. Again, happy birthday. Congratulations on your first anniversary. You guys are loved. All right. That's awesome. And I, I just love the fact that he tells me all the time to tell you guys when I talk to him, you know, that to send his greetings. But it's awesome when, when we can, it's awesome whenever we can actually have a video from him and you get to see him. And I, I think he's going to be here soon. He's supposed to have already been here sometime in the first year, and that just hasn't worked out scheduling wise. But when you guys see him, he is bigger than life. He'll fill this room with his humor and it'll be a lot of fun. Anyway, I went down so many bunny trails right there just in all the different things with him. But anyway, so as this is our anniversary service, every year it's also going to be our vision service to keep in mind where we're going and what what's God's doing, what God is doing, where we're and the accomplishments that we have and where we're going. And one year ago today, as I already alluded to, we were tearing up and setting up. We had the scaffolding go I mean the trussing going up and the lifts going up here and the stuff was hanging over my head and I was hoping it wasn't going to fall down on me. And we had all of these different things going on and then look what the Lord has done. I mean, we have a building. We were able to have three services this week. We had the availability last night. We had a 9.30 availability this morning. We are here right now. We had prayer in here yesterday morning. We just went through 21 days of prayer. That we're in here every morning at 6 o'clock. We have all these abilities that we wouldn't have had last year. And honestly, I thought we'd probably be in the school for six years. 
and look what the Lord has done. So I don't know what the next year looks like. I have some goals and I have some vision and I have some really big goals and vision, which I want to roll out to you again. And I spoke about these a few weeks ago, but I want us to keep these in the forefront of our mind. And again, I'll say we don't have three services because we're obviously busting at the seams. We have three services because we want to make the availability for people to find God. We don't want to just say there's one hour on Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. If you can't be here for that, then, you know, we have no offering for you. We're trying to make it so that people can be here at the different services. So, for example, there's someone at the 930 service that couldn't be here in the other service. If we didn't have that service, she wouldn't be able to come to church. There are people that come to the Saturday night services that they work Sunday mornings. They would never be able to come to church if we didn't do that. So our intentionality, our putting everything out there isn't about the numbers we have here. It's about how many people we can reach. And I love what Pastor Tad said about making a difference, that he believes we're making a difference. And that is one of our core values. As you know, we want everybody to know God, to find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. So that's what I want to talk to you about, our making a difference and what that looks like in this coming year. So we're starting a daycare. As you guys know, we're already in the process. We've got the legal stuff going on with applications to CPS and all the stuff we've got to walk through. We've also launched the night care, and I've talked about that a lot in the, in the previous weeks, where we've got a single mom's ministry for everyone that is a single mom and that needs a place for their kid to B, while they go to work, so they're out there making a living on their own. So from 3 p.m. to 3 a.m., we have that availability, so it doesn't cost them anything. There's a suggested donation if they're able to, never tracked or see if who's does what, but it just would help with the expenses. But it's not even about that. It's about ministry. And my heart just beats out of my chest when I think about the kids coming here who might be in really difficult places elsewhere. I think about one child that I drove the mama to work. And we left her child at a flea-ridden motel where they're selling drugs in and out of the house of that hotel where that baby was going to be. And the baby didn't have a bed. The baby was just sleeping on the floor. It broke my heart. And she came down crying her eyes out into the car like, I don't have any other choice. I have to make a living. I have to go to work. I have to do this stuff. And and I went home and told Lenore, and I'm like, I have no words. I don't know what to say for that. But there's so many scenarios of women, single moms that need help that are just doing the best they can. And I think it's amazing for us to be there for them. And we've started that here, as you guys know. And we, we thought it was going to happen. The first person was going to be here. And it was like, we're all excited. And then it's like something happened. She got called in early to work. So she had to be at work at 11 o'clock. We don't start till 3. So she had to find other things. But it's going to happen. And it's just going to continue to grow. I was talking to somebody this last week who was um, planning on, may still show up, but was planning on being here this, this morning. And her friend... She invited to come to church as well, and she, she just was telling her about me and the church and everything, and I ended up telling both of them about the night care, and her eyes got this big, and she was just like overwhelmed. She goes, you don't understand, to my friend. She goes, you don't understand how much I pay for child care. She goes, I can't even get ahead because 
I'm not making enough money as a waitress to basically just pay for my childcare. But if I don't go to work, I just have to do it. And just, it was an amazing thing. And so I look at what God is going to do with those things. The other things that are on the horizon is prison ministry. I love that Church of the Highlands is in 16 of the Alabama Department of Corrections facilities. I want us to follow in those foot tracks, footsteps and to get into one and just do whatever it takes in our prison ministry to just launch that and to get out there and to just go in there and be there and say, hey, we love you. You may be a really bad criminal, but God still loves you. Jesus is still here for you. And then I want to see us expand to we're able to then have this stream going in there for them, that they'll have their own worship. Maybe they'll be worshiping with us. Maybe they'll have their own worship team. And then they'll go live to us on the service. Then we'll have a dream center on Northwest Highway where we have doctors come and and donate time to help people and have a big enough facility that we'll have a daycare and a nightcare there as well for the, the, the people who work in that area that they'll be able to have a close proximity to drop their kid off and pick their kid up. It'll be close to where they're working. Big enough facility that we'll actually even be able to have another church campus in that facility as well. So we're working all the buildings as much as we can so there's not even a, a minute that they're not got something going on with it. Have a night care there as well. And then on Sunday mornings, the services that will be going live there as well. So then we'll have a campus pastor there. We'll have somebody that's working out the worship team there. And we'll have all this stuff. And when we get to the message, we'll go live to here. So they'll all be watching what's going on here. And we'll just be continuing to put our influence on making a difference everywhere we can. The same thing in Arlington. I see us putting another campus in Arlington in the future. I don't know if all this is going to happen in the next year. I didn't think we would be in a building in six months. I don't know what God's timing is. But can I just tell you that there's a whole lot of stuff that's going on in our world today. There was this huge prophecy that the world was going to end yesterday. And everybody is all up in arms about it, and everybody's worried about it, and some people are really stressing out over it, and, you know, it never hurts to be really right with God. But, you know, obviously we're still here. It didn't happen. And Jesus says in the Bible, he says, don't listen to someone who says Jesus is coming here, or he's there, or he's anywhere else, because no one knows the day or the hour, but you'll know the seasons. So can I tell you that while it wasn't for Jesus to return yesterday, we are definitely in the season. We're definitely where it says there'll be wars and rumors of war, where there'll be nations fighting against nations, and there'll be widespread kids rising up against their parents, and all of these different scenarios is for an entirely different message. But we're right in the crux of where God says, that's when I'm going to come back. So if you can see the changing of the seasons, that the leaves are changing because it's fall, you're going to know that that's when it's getting close. And can I tell you, we're getting close. And that requires us not to just sit back on our easy chair and say, hey, we made it through a year. Most people fail in the first, you know, 80% fail in the first year. We made it. So, hey, we're all right. Let's just, let's just celebrate. There will be cake. But let's just celebrate, and that's all there is, and let's just keep working, and maybe we'll get some more people, and maybe we'll just have a great rah, rah, rah rally for us, and it's just all about us in this room, and we'll just have a great time. It's not about us. It's about those people 
that are outside this wall. I also want to have a medical mission this year where we go to another country, where we go to the, the bad parts of town that they don't have health insurance and they don't have the ability. And we take doctors and we partner with them to just pr- be hands and feet practically being out there. That's what I see us doing in the next year. But can I tell you, it's not just about us doing a bunch of activities or how many campuses we can have or how fast we can grow. It's about people. It's about that one person that we'll reach. It's about that one person who feels alone, who doesn't feel like there's anybody there for them, doesn't feel like there's any hope for them. Have you guys ever seen this small bear from Australia. And how would you say it, Abby? Koala. Koala. You see them up in a tree, and they're so cute and cuddly. And usually they're eating the little edamame things or whatever. It makes me want to go to Cheesecake Factory and have a big bowl of edamame myself. But they're so cute and sitting up in a tree. And, and you look at them, but have you ever noticed that they're always alone? Now, while it's cute to see them in a tree, and they look really cuddly. Can I suggest to you that there's plenty of people that are like us, like that, that are just all alone. They're just minding their own business. But we're never intended to live life alone. In fact, God said in the beginning, when he saw Adam was by himself, he goes, it's not good that man should be alone. If you'll turn your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 19, We're going to see the story of Zacchaeus. It says in verse 1, Jesus entered into Jericho and made his way through the town. And there was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. I highlighted, get a look at Jesus. He's not wanting to use his esteem, his ability of being wealthy and, and rich, and everybody knows him to kind of push his way through and say, hey, Jesus, you know, I'm Zacchaeus, and I'm this person. He, he's, he's really just trying to check Jesus out from afar. So he's going to crawl up like that bear in the tree, and he's just going to look down and see Jesus from afar. So he ran ahead. He climbed a sycamore tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass by that way. He knew where Jesus was coming by, and he just wants to get up and check him out. But when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. I also highlighted that because I love that, that Jesus knew him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Now that's a crazy story. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement. And I think that there's probably even some of that pride and that esteem of here he's really famous in the area that huh, Jesus even knows my name. And, and he says, well, you want to come to my house? Okay, yes, come on. You're going to go with me and look at how important I am. But the people, verse 7, were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. Now, isn't that just like us today? There's always somebody that's going to run their mouth about us. There's always going to be someone who has their opinion, their label that they're going to put on us. 
And as I was even talking about us going into the prison systems and us going into the Department of Corrections, there may be some notorious sinners that we rub shoulders with. There may be people that we rub shoulders with in our jobs or as our day, and as we go in the different places that people would say, man, you sure you want to be their friend? If you knew what they did or what they do or how they are, they're notorious sinners. See, the people are always quick to have their opinion about you as they were quick to have their opinion about Jesus. But Jesus knew him by name. Jesus wanted to go to eat with him. I want to switch to the NIV because I love how it finishes this story. Verse 8, but Zacchaeus stood up to the Lord and said, now this is after dinner. So he went to have dinner with him. And now we don't know what that dinner was. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, 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 look, here now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay him back seven times the amount. What kind of a dinner was that? What kind of a lunch was that, that he walked in the most notorious sinner, the wealthiest man, the, ta- the chief tax collector, who's ripped the people off the most. People hated him the most. And in the encounter with Jesus, he now stands up and says, here and now, I'm giving half of my possessions to the poor. Can I suggest to you some of those people were poor because he'd ripped them off? He's now giving half of everything he owes. And then he says, I'm going to give four times what I've cheated people out of. Now, if I can do math practically, that's pretty much making him poor himself. If he takes half of everything he's accumulated that he got from taking from people, And now out of the half remaining, he's giving back four times what he cheated people with. What is he left with? Not a whole lot. What would cause that man who probably liked his big house, probably liked all of his nice cars, obviously I'm being facetious, who liked his lifestyle to change? What changed him? Jesus said, verse 9, today salvation has come. Today salvation has come. Can I suggest to you that Jesus isn't commenting about him giving money? Jesus is commenting about what happened at that lunch. Jesus is talking about what transpired in that private time. Jesus says in verse 10, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. As I was preparing for today's message, this scripture and this whole story came to to my mind. And I started thinking, what are we all about? You guys will remember that one of the key scriptures that our church was planted on is actually John 3.17. Most people know John 3.16, but not many people know John 3.17. It says, God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, 
but to save the world through him. Another translation says that through him, the world would find salvation. Jesus says in this scripture, today salvation has come to Zacchaeus. God sent him to seek and to save. I love that Jesus knew Zacchaeus' name. Even before he received salvation, God knows his name. Can you imagine? He's up there in the tree and he's just trying to hide. He's just trying to check out Jesus from afar. He's got the excuse of, well, I'm short and I can't really see everybody's head, but I'm just going to, he's kind of hiding out there. And Jesus walks right up to him and says, Zacchaeus, will you come down? Today I want to go to dinner at your house. I want to visit with you. Today in our society and in our generations, unlike any other in in the history of the world, we are now into isolationism. We hide behind our phones really well, and technology is wonderful, and I love all the things that my iPhone can do, and I'm really hoping and praying I get the new iPhone whenever it's released, you know, and, and all those things like everybody else. But they've come to be something we can hide behind. We can be up in a tree by ourselves. I don't need anybody. I can communicate whatever I want to communicate with my phone. I can just kind of hide out. I, I can even just kind of see Jesus from far over there, just like, okay, I'll keep Jesus at this arm's length. I can just be all alone and observe the world passing by. But Jesus had Zacchaeus to come down. He called him by name. And then he made a difference in Zacchaeus. See, because in that encounter with Jesus, for him to stand up and say, today, right now, this is what I'm doing. Zacchaeus began making a difference in his life for the positive. I believe he made a difference before. He hated it. Everyone hated him because he was taking their money legally. But now he made a difference in the good way. See, Jesus, if we back this story out, he sought to make restoration. He made a difference. How did he make a difference? He had an encounter with Jesus. He found freedom. But how did it begin? With Zacchaeus as a notable sinner. Jesus said, he came to seek and to save. And it's still the day, today it's still the same. He is seeking you. He is seeking me. He wants to save you. He wants to save me. But can I suggest to you, it's the entire process. Jesus wasn't just satisfied with getting Zacchaeus out of the tree and say, Hi, I'm Jesus. He goes, Hi, I'm Zacchaeus. Good to know you. Keeping on his path. Jesus took time out of his schedule to know his name, to bring him down out of the tree and say, Hey, I'm coming to your house. I'm going to come have personal relationship with you. It wasn't simply just getting him out of the tree. But can I ask you this question? What tree are you in today? 
what tree am I in? Am I trying to hide and just look at Jesus from afar and just kind of like, I'm just going to check this whole thing out. I'm not really sure about it all. Will you bow your head and close your eyes with me? Are you simply just watching life pass by? Are you just trying to keep a safe distance? Jesus is seeking you today. Can I tell you something? It's really amazing. Jesus knows you by name. So where you're at, whether you're in this room, you're listening on the podcast, you're watching us online live, or you're watching our YouTube channel later, right where you're at, Jesus knows your name. And today can be your day that salvation comes. I'm not talking about joining our church. I'm not talking about you putting your name on a little list that we have. Oh, that'd be wonderful. We'd love to have a relationship with you. But what I'm really talking to you about right now is having a personal lunch with Jesus. Where you start this process where he gets you out of that tree. starts developing a personal relationship that causes you to find freedom that causes you to discover your purpose that causes you then to make a difference if that's you you're feeling something inside your heart right now and it's the quickening and it's like your breathing is even changing a little bit and you're like oh my gosh I can feel it. That's me. If that's you and you want to make that next step to come down out of the tree, stop looking at Jesus from afar. Then I want you to tell me to count me in. And I don't want you to do anything external. I'm not wanting you to raise your hand. We're not going to call you up to the front. But I want you to make the choice to be counted in this morning and I'm going to lead us in a prayer I'm going to help you with the words but God wants today to be your day can today be your day you may have prayed this prayer a hundred times when I first accepted Christ on April the 5th 1974 every Sunday after that me and Rex Humbard we had a great appointment every Sunday. I watched him every Sunday and I would go, oh my gosh, I got to get saved. And I said that prayer so many times until I finally understood that it, it took the first time I prayed it. But never be afraid to pray it again. It's a process. But if that's you this morning, just pray this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I need you. I want you. I surrender my life to you. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Be the Lord of my life. Jesus, I believe you died. You were buried and rose again. Here's the big one. And I put my faith in you today. 
And I declare you as my Lord, my God, and my friend. Today I give you my life, my everything. And the best way that I know how, I'm going to serve you with my life forever. In Jesus' name we pray.